Okay, today we're going to be speaking about the, some halachas that relate to the end of Shemitah. Okay, and two main groups. The first group is called Shemitah Sksafen, and that is that at the end of the Shemitah year, people who, um, who have lent out money, the lenders, must be shamoit. They have to withdraw their right to demand the payment. Um, and, and basically, if they're not going to ask people for money, then the person may actually never give it to them. So that, that's their mitzvah, is to, uh, to be shamoit, to withdraw, and to not uh, demand money from the person who owes it to them. And Chazal called this Shemitah Sksafen, Shemitah of money. Um, that mitzvah, that part of Shemitah is not a mitzvah to It's not a land-based mitzvah. And it applies, therefore, Eretz Yisrael and Chutz Aretz. Uh, nowadays, the whole Shemitah Sksafen is Drabonan, but it applies equally to Eretz and to Chutz Aretz. So it's a part of Shemitah that people in Chutz Aretz do just the same as they do in Eretz Yisrael. Um, it, it, this, that, uh, the person who, who, the lender, uh, has to not ask for the money. It doesn't apply to wages that somebody owes somebody, or if you bought something on credit in the store, or other obligations. It's only for loans. Um, either for a regular loan, like I lend you a dollar and I, and I want to come collect it, or if I have one of these obligations I mentioned before, and, and you change it into a loan. We call it Zakhtam of Milva. We changed, we said, it's okay, we, you know, we made a cheshman, and we said, okay, you know, you owe me this and this and this, and now I'll, I'll give you a big bill at the bottom. Um, then it turns into a loan, um, and then it's included in Halakha Tashmita Zakhtam. Okay? Um, <clears throat> there, there, there's two main parts of the mitzvah, and that is the lender cannot ask for repayment, um, and that's one part. And the second is, um, the, if, if the borrower offers to pay, then the lender has to verbally say that he does not want it. It's, it's, not, it's the mitzvah that I'm not, I will not take payment from you, I do not want your payment um, now that Shemitah is over. Um, if I should have mentioned, it happens, I said, you know, mentioned at the end of the Shemitah year. Uh, if the borrower says, if, if after the lender says, you know, I don't want, I know it's Shemitah, I don't, you know, Shemitah ended and I don't want the money from you, if he says he still wants to pay, then the lender can take it. I mean, he, he has a mitzvah to not ask for the money, and if the person offers it, he has to say, no, it's Shemitah, it's Shemitah ended, and therefore I don't, I don't want to take it from you. So he has to verbally refuse the money, but if the person says, Afopiki, and I want to pay anyhow, then um, he, he is able to accept it. And the said the Chazal tell us that the person should offer to pay, that the borrower should offer to pay. Um, and he could, he, he, it's, if, if he wants to do it even nicer, he should say, this is a present. Um, it's, a, it's not a repayment, it's a, it's a, it's a present. Um, but but the, the lender should not ask for it, and if, he, and if the person offers it, he should turn it down. Now, the, the Sefer Chinuch says, that the, 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 the reason for this mitzvah is to teach us to uh, be generous to people, I mean, you know, you lend somebody money and to be generous and let him keep it, and at Bittachon that the Rosh Hashanah is going to take care of us and give everybody what they deserve. So just like during Shemitah, when, you know, when it is Shemitah, we let people, if you live in Eretz Yisrael and you have trees, you let people take the fruits. Um, so we're learning uh, to let people take things from you and not feel so uh, possessive, because you know that Hashem is taking care of you in the end. You're going to get what you deserve no matter what. Um, and so too, the same thing with a loan. We say, Hashem, if he doesn't pay me back, that's fine and Hashem will take care of me. Um, and uh, th- th- obviously it's a, it's a uh, lesson in bitachon for the person, that th- to not to think of his own ideas of what is it that makes sense financially, but rather say, listen, Hashem said I shouldn't collect the money, I won't collect the money. Um, and that in itself will build in the person uh, extra levels of bitachon that he knows um, where his money comes from. Now, that's the, that's the Mitzvah of Shemitah's Ksafen. So what happened was <coughs> that because of that, instead of the intended uh, outcome, which is that people would keep on lending money, 
but they would then not collect from it, which is what Hashem wanted. That's what the Torah wants for people to do is, what happened was, people were saying, okay, I won't, I won't collect the money, but I won't lend it either. It came towards the end of Shemitah, people would stop lending money because um, they didn't want Shemitah's acceptance to come into place, in, into play. They didn't want that to happen. So that's even more serious. It's a, it's a device to lend money to people also. Uh, uh, so Hillel was massacring something called Prosbo, um, which... Uh, the principle allows a person to, to collect the loan, but the real goal was not to let them collect the loan. The real goal was that since it would let them collect the loan, therefore people would lend money in the first place. Um, people wouldn't prevent, wouldn't stop this lending of money. Um, so the, the dinner principle is is related to the din that there's a din even before Hill came along called Moshe Shtoros of Odesin, which is that someone who wants to collect the loan can give over his his star, give over his loan documents to Bezin and have Bezin collect it for him. <clears throat> that's allowed, uh, even after Shemitah. So principle is similar to that, um, and and it's a very small document where the person writes that he wants Bezin to collect for him, and once he does that, then he can act with his loan as if regular, he can do whatever he wants to, he's allowed to collect it as if um, it was a regular year. Okay, now, um, <clears throat> there's, there's different um, questions or issues having to do with how much this principle has to be like a moisture traversal of the basin. Exactly. So it, it ends up with a few practical applications as follows. Um, <clears throat> the Shachanach says that you should make a principle with a basin that's Mamuna Hatsibur that everybody knows about. It's a public basin um, and they know the Halachos Shemit and principle like a serious basin. So Ramah says the minig is that any three people could serve as that basin. Okay? In, in Lamaisa, um, so in fact, we pass like Ramah, that you could do it, you could, any three people could, could be the signers on the principle, but in, in practice, the Syracuse Besden is going to have, and many others will, have Besdens that will, uh, formal Besdens, Syracuse formal Besden, which will set itself up to uh, allow people to sign principles under their direction. Okay, now, in a, in a typical, regular Din Torah, um, the Dayanim of a Besden are not allowed to be related to the people um, involved in the, in the case. Um, the dying can't be related to one of the people who's in, in the situation, in, involved in the court case. Uh, and the Hwang talk about whether that same thing applies to principle also. Is there, is there a, a restriction that the dying can't be related? And Dain Weiss says you could be make all on that. Most people do like that, which is they, it doesn't make a difference if the dying are related to, excuse me, people involved who are signing a principle, or who the principle is, so to speak, against. Uh, and the Ramah says that the lender does not have to come before the bezin. In the usual, in the usual interior, you have to come to the bezin. You can't just, you know, have them judge the case without you there. But the Ramah says that you can, in, in the case of principle, you could do it not in front of the bezin. Again, the CRC will be having uh, signings, so people can show up, will actually be able to present themselves in front of the bezin. But the Ramah says you're not mukhut. Now, there's another rule about a principle is, that it only works if the person, if the borrower, not the lender, if the borrower owns land. So that means that if you give money, if you lend money to someone who doesn't own land, um, then principle is not going to work. So the thing is that the lender, if the lender has land, he can give a piece of that land to the borrower uh, against the person's will, so in order to be able to make the principle be effective. Uh, even if the and that works, even if the the, the borrower has no interest in it. Okay, now, if neither people, neither the borrower or the lender owns a piece of land, like think of um, two, two teenagers, um, neither of them owns a piece of land, um, then they should speak to a rabbi to find out if and how they can write a principle. Okay, 
other little details about a Prozvar, <coughs> um, it could be written for it, the, it's for all kinds of loans, whether they have a star or not, whether there's a written version, you know, a record of that loan that it works. Um, you have to write the principle before the end of Shemitah, and it only works for loans that happened before the principle was written. So if you write the principle on the 15th day of El, let's say, before Shemitah, that's before Shemitah ends, but then on the 20th day of El, uh, you lend money to somebody else, that money will not be covered by the principle. Okay, so that was our first main topic, and our other topic is, has to do with the Arba Minim, um, for sukkahs that comes after, right after Shemitah, <coughs> right after Shemitah ends. So there are four minim, um, and we'll do them in the following order. Um, the arava is a simple piece of wood. Um, it has no kedushas shvias to it at all, and therefore there's no rules about buying it and cutting it and selling it. it has no restrictions like it has. Well, I'm sorry, I'm saying, it has no rules about those um, taking possession of it and selling it. Um, there, there may be rules about. Uh, I wonder. I have to think about that. Whether there are, there are rules about uh, pruning, but I, I, I don't. Anyhow, but um, you're not allowed to do melacha on a rubber tree. Um, except if it's going to keep the tree from drying, dying, so that actually may affect whether you're allowed to do how you cut them off, uh, but if you're cutting them off for your use, to use them for rovers, then you'd be allowed to do that. Okay, that's that's the simplest one of them. Okay, now, um, we spoke once beforehand that, now move to Hadassim, that plants that are sold specifically for fragrance um, have Kedusha Shriyas, and um, the, one could argue that Hadassim qualified for that, because in, if you... If, Maybe not so common here in the United States, uh, but in Eretz which is, if they're coming from there, um, it's very common that Spartan use them as a psalm from the So they're, they're using it specifically for fragrance. That's why they buy it. Um, so um, that would, if, if, if you just knew that piece of information, you would say that Adasim would have Kedusha Shviyas, which means is that they're Hefkar. Um, you can't buy and sell them in a regular manner. You can't waste them or ruin them. You know, the regular rules of things with Kedusha Shviyas. That that's what we would think on our own, or we might think on our own, but in, in, in a little bit of a different context, our Semerich says that if you cut something off for off the ground for a mitzvah, um, then that's not considered food and does not have Kedusha Shriyas to it. Okay, so according to, the, according to our Semerich, if you cut off Hadassim for, to be used on Sukkot, which is what most of the ones would be, then they wouldn't have Kedusha Shriyas, <coughs> and they're not like the regular Hadassim that are cut off for their fragrance. These are sort of, these are as if different because they're cut off for the mitzvah, and they wouldn't have Kedusha Shviyas. I, I should have said, of course, that all, all of our discussion here about the Arminium is about things from Eretz Yisrael. That should have been obvious. In which case, Aravas is really unlikely when you get Aravas from Eretz Yisrael, or I guess people in Eretz Yisrael have to think about that. Okay, our third of the Arminium is the Esrik. Um, lots of Esrik can come from Eretz Yisrael, and the ones that are used um, that we would see in the United States, or in lots of other places, probably every place, the Esrei can come from farms that are Shemesh Shviyas. They keep Shviyas in, sh- in the traditional, good old-fashioned manner, and they have Kedusha Shviyas. Okay, um, you know, what I, they, they go, th- okay, so what I mentioned before about the Arsameach, um, who says, if you cut it for the Mitzvah, doesn't have Shviyas, he says, no, he said, that, that doesn't apply to, he specifically says it doesn't apply to an Esrei, because the did is that the Esrei <coughs> is only kosher if it's edible, um, so the din that when you cut it for the mitzvah is requiring you that it be considered a food, um, even if you did it for the mitzvah. So what he, what I said before, from the Arsmeach doesn't apply. So esrog would have kedusha shviyas, uh, and typically the esrogim again the farmers are ones who are keep shviyas, and their esrogim are harvested and distributed using the oitzavetsin system. If you remember, the oitzavetsin system is where um, fruit hefker, and really everyone could take them. But it's not realistic, you know, from where I live, how on earth am I going to get this 
free esrog that I could just pick up off the field in some place in Eretz Yisrael, or even if I lived in Eretz Yisrael, who's going to go out to get them? So Bezdin appoints people to collect them and to put them into boxes and send them to town and distribute them, and Bezdin um, could do all that work for the Tzibur, they're doing it for everybody else, and then they can charge for their work, and they can charge for the for the transportation and for the packaging. They can't charge for the Esri, but they can charge for everything else. And most um, Esriagum that are going to be sold for Shrita from Eretz are going to go through the system. <coughs> but of course, they're going to have Kedusha <coughs> The Eretz is just a way of me accessing those, uh, that produce, which is really, half grants really, as Kedusha Well, <coughs> here's an obvious question. Which is one of the dinim of kedusha shvius is you're not allowed to take things with kedusha shvius out of Eretz Yisrael. So how could it be that esrog from Eretz Yisrael with kedusha shvius is going to end up in Chicago? How's that going to happen? You know, you know, export it now. Uh, the Chazanish says, Chazanish um, says that Ramaisa, um you shouldn't do it. Okay, I mean he says, which is we we know that if you if you did do it, if you did export it improperly, then it's still mutter. It, it still it has Kedusha Shviyas, and, and you could still use it for the mitzvah. But the question is, is it right for the, for the Bezdin to, 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 to export it in the first place, when the Din is things with Kedusha Shviyas are not allowed to be exported? So many, the, I mentioned the Chazanish is Nachman, but many others are Nekel, uh, and say that you can, you can export it, either straight out, or under special conditions, such as, you have to have a guy do the exporting, or you can export it, uh, I'll tonight that you bring it back, after sukkahs to do the mitzvah beer, um, but in, in practice there will be esrogim, um, shmit esrogim, brought to chutzarot um, that will have to do shvias through the eitzibezin system, and they uh, many will say that they need to be sent back to so before the time of beer, which I believe is in Shvat. Okay, our last of the four minim to talk about is a lulav. Um, now the Gemara says that a lulav has kedusha shvias. Okay, that's the Gemara says it straight out that Lulav had Kedusha Shviyas. Now, some people, I'll mention, some people mention um, that at the end of the Gemara, the Gemara changes its mind. Or maybe the Din is not like that line of the Gemara, one with two different versions, and it may not hold like that. Okay, but let's to go with the assumption that the Gemara says, which is what the Gemara says, does say straight out that Lulav has Kedusha Shviyas. Why would Lulav have Kedusha Shviyas? It's a branch. Nobody eats Lulav branches. Why on earth, why do they have Kedusha Shviyas? So Rashi says that the reason why they would have Kedusha Shviyas, is, the, the rule is, the rule is what the Sardis has Kedusha Shviyas is not if, only if they're edible. If they're food-like, they're, they're like food, they also have Kedusha Shviyas, and the rule for that is, the rule is, it's things that are Hanasan, Ubiru, and Shava. If the Hanasan you get, the benefit you get from using this object, happens at the same time um, as the destruction of the item, then that's considered um, Kedusha Shviyas, because that's like food. Food, when I eat an apple, the same time it gets destroyed. I mean, when I'm chewing it, it's the same time I'm getting the benefit, which is I'm getting to eat it. They go, they go together. Um, <coughs> so, well, they, they happen together at the same time. So, the Gemara, and therefore, Rashi says is that a lulav is like that, because lulav are used as brooms. Okay, you open up the fan, think about the, the lulav as like as a fan, open up like a fan, and you sweep it. So, the benefit you get is that you use it as a broom to sweep, but also that, you know, bangs up the broom and eventually it gets ruined from all that, all the use. So the use of sweeping and the, the destruction of the lulav, the eventual destruction of the lulav, happened simultaneously, and therefore, um, that's what the Gemara means when it says that love can Kedusha Shviyas. Okay, well, now that we understand that that's why love shouldn't have Kedusha Shviyas in the first place, so Shlom Zaman says, he says, that's fine to explain the Gemara, 
but that has nothing to do with us nowadays, because in the culture that we live in, or at least in, you know, where most Jews live in, nobody, I mean, who in the world, use, nobody uses a lulav as a broom. Nobody uses brooms like, makes them into brooms. So therefore, he says, even though, even according to the, the what the Gemara says, that love not Kedusha Shviyas, and even if we say that that's the, that's the conclusion of the Gemara, that love not Kedusha Shviyas, that Gemara is not relevant to us, because for us, um, lulavim are not used as brooms, and therefore, there's no, they are not Ha'asam Biyur and Shava, and they do not have Kedusha Shviyas. Okay, a few other little points to mention that have to do with the end, or after Shemitah, actually. And that is like this. Um, the rule is for vegetables. Vegetables are considered, the way we decide if a vegetable is the produce of Shafi'is or not, it depends on when they were harvested. Um, if they're harvested during Shemitah, then they have Kedusha Shafi'is. So, um, <coughs> therefore, the rules seemingly, if you, if you take a, if you harvest a cucumber the day after Rosh Hashanah, at the end of Shemitah, I mean, so it's the, the, you know, the first days of the eighth year, then it wouldn't have Kedusha Shafi'is, because it was harvested in the eighth year. Lamaisa, there are some dinim that are like svichim that apply to certain vegetables uh, all the way until Hanukkah. Um, so that, that is to say is, even though one might think, that the simple understanding would be is that vegetables should be nothing to talk about once um, the, the year ends, once uh, Rosh Hashanah comes. In practice, there are certain restrictions that are essentially like svichim rules that the food, vegetables might be ushered that, that's, that last at different lengths, but could go as long as Hanukkah. Okay, now, in contrast to vegetables, fruits are decided, their year is decided by when they reach a certain stage of growth, Hanukkah, whether that happened during the seventh year. Well, fruits that had that, reached that stage during the seventh year are going to be harvested, many of them are going to be harvested in the eighth year. So Kedusha Shviyas will keep on applying to, to fruits for quite some time, way past Hanukkah, they'll, they'll be applying. Okay, so, so vegetables will for sure, their, their times will finish by Hanukkah, but Fruits may go for longer. Okay, now, um, one of the halachas of the last thing is that one of the halachas of Kedusha Shviyas is that there comes a point when this fruit is not available anymore in the fields, that they're all wiped out, you know, everything's been eaten, and at that point, ev- at that point, there's a, you have to do a mitzvah called beer for any fruit, any of those leftover fruit that you happen to have in your house. Okay, so for example, the time of beer for grapes and wine is on Pesach of the eighth year. So if a person has wine or grapes from Shemitah, Pesach in, you know, about a year from now, or less, less than a year from now, at that point he's mukhu to the mitzvah beer. Okay, now that, that we talked about it once before I had to do it, but it's just, it's one last din of Shemitah that applies even after Shemitah will be over.